Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. I'm going to read a passage of scripture and then we're going to, we're going to get into it. So John chapter 15 and verse 1. Jesus speaking. He's with his disciples at the Last Supper. Remember, it's the day before he's going to be crucified. They're having a wonderful meal in a beautiful furnished room that God has provided for them. John the Apostle is lying with his head on Jesus' chest. They're having food and bread and wine. Jesus has said to them things like, this bread is my body broken for you. And they're like, whoa. And then he says, this cup of wine is my blood for the new covenant. And they're thinking, new covenant. There was Moses' covenant, now there's a new one. And this cup is Jesus' blood. He's saying to them, I'm going to die tomorrow. I'm going to leave you, but I won't leave you as orphans. I'll give you the Holy Spirit. I'll be with you as a counselor on the inside of you. I've been with you, but now I'll be in you. And um, you will bear much fruit. He's saying all these amazing things to them. But in the middle of this Last Supper... If you take all the verses from John chapter 13 to John chapter 17, which is all about the Last Supper, and you divide them in half, you get to this passage in John chapter 15, which I'm going to read to you. And it is the summary, the focus, the crux of the whole supper is what Jesus said. He used an illustration of a tree or a vine, a a plant with, with branches bearing fruit. He used this Because sometimes a picture sticks in our minds better than information. Amen? Isn't that true? And I'm praying today that this picture of a tree with branches bearing fruit is such a powerful picture for us today that it changes our lives because it it summarizes, it boils down everything Jesus said in the Last Supper into one conversation in one picture. So let's read John chapter 15 verse 1. Jesus said, I am the true vine. In other words, there are vines, there are vineyards and plants, but I, they are just a picture of me. I'm the real thing. And remember that everything physical really is not reality. It's just a picture of something more real, which is invisible, the spiritual realm. And that's amazing. But Jesus said, when you see a vine, when you drink the cup of the vine, when you drink wine, Think, I am the source. I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser or the gardener, the one who watches out over the vine. Every branch in me, and he's about to tell them they are the branches. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes or cleans, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So you can imagine the disciples thinking, okay, vine, cup, wine. You can imagine them with this glass of wine, beautiful wine in front of them. And in those days, it was, it was a lively uh, drink. Jesus said, you put a new wine in a new wineskin because it's going to expand and ferment and it might burst an old wineskin. So wine was a, a lively thing. It was kind of bubbly and gassy and there was all sorts of stuff in it. It was like a fizzy drink almost. And he says, um, you, you can imagine them holding this, this cup and they're thinking wine, beautiful, tasty, refreshing, but it's his blood, it's powerful. And then they're thinking, okay, wine comes from grapes, fruit, beautiful, but then grapes have to be crushed. 
bruised, broken to produce wine. Jesus says, this wine is my blood. He's, he's going to be broken. And then he says, no, there's branches and there's a vine. And they're getting this whole picture of the whole tree and the whole idea behind it. And then he says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Now listen, verse 4. Abide in me. And he says this so many times in the next few verses. And that word abide just means rest, remain. It doesn't mean climb up and get involved. Abide means you're already there. Just stay there. Amen? Abide. Just rest. Just sit. Just stay. Don't, you don't have to do, make some effort. You know, a branch in a tree doesn't have to cling on. <laughs> you don't see little fingers on the sides of a branch where it joins the trunk of a tree saying, Oh, I've got to stay. And you don't see a branch climbing up a tree, do you? Say, so I'm, I'm going to get in this tree. Whatever it takes, I'm going to get in. No, no. It just stays. It's, it's made there. It finds itself there. He says, just stay, just rest. You don't have to do anything, just, just be. There's a word there for some of us here today, amen? You see, religion says, work it out, make an effort. Copy someone who's good. Religion says, be a Christmas tree. Jesus says, just remain as a tree that you are. You know, a Christmas tree is where we see a beautiful tree and we think, let me make a fake copy of it. And so we get a tree either made of plastic or a real one that's been cut off so it's no longer alive. And we put a pot so that it looks like it's growing in our, in our living room. And then we put all sorts of decorations on it because we know it can't produce fruit of its own. There's no life coming through it, so we put decorations. And then when the decorations aren't enough, we plug in some electricity and we get some flashing lights to make it look even more beautiful. And how many of you know that a real live orange tree with growing fruit is much more beautiful than a fake Christmas tree. <laughs> and yet in Christianity, we see someone who has the real life of God and the fruit and the beauty and the tastiness of the life of God coming out of them. And we see the fruit and we think sometimes in our dumb human brains, how can I copy them? Effort. Let me buy, let me do, let me be, let me strive, let me try, let me crawl up the branch, let me put some fake lights on me, let me pretend to be like he is, and maybe if I fake it long enough, I'll be a Christian. And Jesus says, you can never. It's impossible for you to bear fruit apart from just resting in me. There's a word here for, us, for some of us today. Amen? Are you feeling tired? Tired trying to be a Christian? Have you ever heard a tree producing fruit? Going like this. Oh, I'm going to make a fruit. Oh. Have you ever heard it straining? Working so hard? It doesn't try. It just remains in the vine. And the fruit just happens. <laughs> Amen? Friend, Christian... If you remain plugged into Jesus, the fruit will just happen. Overnight, you won't even realize it's happening. One day you'll look back over the last three weeks of your life. In fact, some of us in this room, think back over the last three weeks of your life. Think what's happened. There's fruit. And you didn't make it happen. God made it happen. Amen? Verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you... That's an interesting dy dynamic. You stay in him, but he stays in you. 
You see, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit, he's talking to the disciples. In this Last Supper, just before this conversation, he says to them, I'm going to give you another friend. The, the, word, the Greek word parakletos means called alongside. And lots of different versions of the Bible translate it different ways. Friend, counselor, comforter, helper. But it means another one like me. Jesus is saying, I've been with you disciples and I've walked alongside you, guided you, spoken to you, helped you, strengthened you, carried you. I'm going to give you another one. And that, that word another in the Greek means another one exactly the same. In other words, another me. I'm going to give you another me, and it's the Holy Spirit. It's me, but in spiritual form. And he's been with you, but then he'll be in you. And here he says, abide in me and I in you. If you just let this Holy Spirit just flow. And that's a theme that flows through this. If you just let it come. You know, there's a thing called a canker in a, in a fruit tree where as the branch comes off from the trunk, a little something blocks off the sap from flowing into the branch. Sometimes it's a disease or a wound or something and a blockage happens and that branch stops receiving the life-giving sap of the tree and it withers and it dies and it falls off. And all Jesus is saying is, let the life flow into you, the Holy Spirit. Abide in me and let me abide in you. Let the Holy Spirit just have his flowing way in your life and you'll have the life. But the problem is we can block the Holy Spirit. And if you don't realize this, I want to tell you, you can grieve and you can block the Holy Spirit. You can be walking along the street and he says to you, pray for this, do this, give this money, obey this command, love that person, smile, witness, whatever, and you say, oh, I feel the joy, I feel the faith, I feel the excitement of the Holy Spirit, and then you say, no, I'm, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to do, and what I've done is I've just put a canker, I've just blocked the Holy Spirit, amen? But he's saying, it's not an effort, it's not a work where you have to produce a fruit, you just abide, but you can block. So he says, abide in me, and let me abide in you, as the branch, listen to this, verse 4, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Friend, you and I cannot be Christians like Jesus, like he wants us to be, without this life-giving sap of the Holy Spirit in us. You cannot do it. You can pretend. You can go to church. You can sing the songs. You can raise your hands. You can make the right expressions. You can do all the stuff but it's a Christmas tree. It's not real. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Much fruit is going to come out of you. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Friend, it is possible for you to look at your life and say, I'm not bearing fruit. All this fruit that's supposed to be coming out of my life, acting like Jesus, the love of God, the joy, he's going to say, the peace, the, the life of God, it's not happening. I'm not acting like a Christian. What's wrong? The problem is there's a blockage and we need to 
get rid of that blockage because otherwise what happens is we wither, we wither, we wither, and eventually we actually break ourselves off. It says the Father will take you away, but the, the thing that happens before that is you have blocked yourself off because you've allowed blockages to come. And eventually he says, no, you can't pretend you're a Christian anymore. So it's a warning for us. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. You know, his words are so important. There's many Christians who allow the Holy Spirit to flow through their lives, but because they don't put the words together, Jesus said, if I abide in you and if my words abide in you, these two together make up the sap that comes into the branch. And I know many Christians who are full of the Holy Spirit, but they never read the Bible. And when someone tells them something from the Bible, I've had this happen to me quite a lot recently, actually, where people say, the Holy Spirit has said to me, and then they tell me something that is against the Bible. Tillman had a wonderful story about a man who, oh, I might get this wrong, Tillman, this guy, this guy, goes to a minister and he says, the Holy Spirit has told me to leave my wife and to marry another woman. And so the minister just slaps the man across the face. Is that right? And then the man said, why did you slap me? He says, the Holy Spirit told me to. So the man said, the Holy Spirit would never tell you to slap me. And, he, and the minister said, the Holy Spirit would never tell you to leave your wife. It's the two together, amen? You know, you can get too much word-based and no Holy Spirit. That's possible. Where everything's just an academic, theological exercise, and you can make this into a textbook, like a Shakespeare book, where you just analyze every word, and, and you get all theoretical, and I understand the meaning of this word, and how this fits together. That's not the life of the, of the vine, amen? But you can also get too Holy Spirit-based, well, I've got to be careful. It, you think you're too Holy Spirit based, but actually it's your own thoughts and feelings and emotions. And you're saying, the Holy Spirit is leading me to do this, that, and the other. But if it doesn't obey the Word, it's not the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And the two together cause this life to flow. I could speak about that a lot, but I'm going to move on. Um, he says, you'll ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. There's this amazing thing where our prayer life, when we're plugged in and we're resting, we're not making a striving effort to do everything for the Lord. We're just resting in Him, allowing His Spirit to flow when the Spirit prompts us, when the Word prompts us, we obey. As long as we're doing that, we have this amazing prayer connection where we pray things and they happen. He says it several times in this passage. You will ask whatever you want, and I will do it. He says, you'll do greater things than I've done, Jesus said, because I'm going to the Father, and I'll pray to the Father, and He'll send the Holy Spirit to you. And whatever you ask, it will be done for you in my name. Amazing prayer connection. When you're in this place of abiding, instead of striving, and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God is flowing through you, and you're obeying the promptings of the Lord, you, you have amazing answers to prayer. I think there's some of us in this room who've seen that recently. You've seen, you've prayed, and you've seen amazing answers to prayer. Verse 8, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. 
so you will be my disciples. Friend, if we're not bearing fruit, we can think we're in the vine. We can think we're having wonderful Holy Spirit times. We can think we're allowing the Word of God to flow in us. But the test is, is the fruit of God, is the love of God coming out of you? Are you loving people? Are you showing God's love? Is the joy of God bubbling out of you? Are you joyful? Are you full of peace? Or is it a struggle for you? Are you allowing the world's pressures and difficulties to overcome you? Or are you just going back to that place? You know, you could wake up in the morning and before you've brushed your teeth, there can be 10 overwhelming problems that come on you. Money problems, people problems, relationships even in your own family problems. You can have in, uh, inadequacy problems. Am I, am I going to be good enough? But if you'll just allow yourself to go back to that connection with the vine you'll see the fruit to come out. And if you're not, if, if the world is overwhelming you, that means the fruit is not coming out. We need to just keep going back to the vine. Say, Lord, I'm resting in you. And that the world can't overcome you anymore. Right. Verse 9. As the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. That is an amazing verse. How much does the Father love Jesus? completely. Is there anything in Jesus that the Father doesn't love? Nothing. The Father and Jesus are one. They are so united. They are one being in two forms. As the Father has loved me, I have loved you. He says the same love, complete acceptance. You don't have to work and earn and jump through hoops and climb some ladders and obey a whole lot of different rules. I love you. You say, but I'm a new Christian. I don't know the Bible. I've disobeyed in the past. I've got all these problems. He says, I love you just as the Father loves Jesus. I love you that much. Now abide in my love. In other words, just rest in it. Be secure in the fact that I love you, not because you're good, but because I am love and I've paid the price for your sins to be forgiven. I love you. Isn't that amazing? Right, let me just reread that, those nine verses and see if you can get the, get the feeling of this. I am the true vine, Jesus says. My Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, He cleans or prunes so that it may bear more fruit. And you are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me, rest in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who rests and abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burnt." But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. And then he says a couple of things. I'm, I'm going to jump first to verse 11. He says, These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you or abide in you that's the same word remain these things i've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you that your joy may be full 
When you're resting, one of the fruits is joy. Can I ask you straight out, Christian, are you joyful? Are you joyful or is your Christianity a difficult process? Are you letting the world overwhelm you or is the joy of God coming out of you? Because if the joy is not in you, there's a problem with your connection with the vine. Now you can try and work up joy. You can say, I'm going to be better. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to read more. I'm going to go to more meetings. I'm going to do the da 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 But that's making a Christmas tree. What you have to do is say, I'm abiding in your love, Lord Jesus. I'm letting your spirit flow. I'm letting your word work in me and the joy will start to come. Amazing, isn't it? And then he says, verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And he goes on in, in later on in uh, chapter 17, he says, um, Jesus is praying for the disciples. And he says, Lord, I pray that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. One of the fruits, so we've said it's joy, another one of the fruits is a love for the body of Christ. He says, you love one another as a fruit, and because of that, there's this unity, just as the Father and the Son are united together, and now Jesus is in me, I am united to you, other Christian. That's one of the fruits. Joy is a fruit, but unity and love with other Christians is a fruit. Can I ask you straight out, how's your love and your unity for other Christians? Do you hate other Christians? Do you compete with other Christians? Do you feel like it's us against them and if I can just, if I can just jockey my position and maybe I'll, I'll be able to... Or maybe when somebody asks you about another Christian, you say, oh, yeah, he's nice, but... Or do you love? Do you love them? Interesting. Unity and love. You know, if you've got a problem with Christians, the Bible says, how can you say you love God who you haven't seen if you hate your brother who you have seen? You haven't got the love of God in you. It's a test. It's a fruit. We've got to say, do I love other Christians? If I don't, there's a problem. Um, and then the last fruit is verse 11. This is the one that I was, sorry, verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. I guess this is something that I've already said, but if there's sin in your life, if you're, if you're continuing to live in sin, there's a problem because the fruit that comes from the Holy Spirit and the Word of God in your life is that you will start to obey God and live like Jesus. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask us to uh, just focus back on ourselves. Remember the context of this meal. In fact, can I maybe ask the, the musicians to come up and we're just going to close by thinking about what happened at this Last Supper and how it affects us. I want you to imagine yourself there. Jesus is giving out the, the cup and the bread, and he's saying, this cup is my body, this 
grape, this fruit getting bruised and broken and producing wine, blood. That is the new covenant where God forgives you. But then he says, you can have this life, this, this amazing wine flowing through you if you will just remain plugged into me. And you can imagine the Christians thinking, oh boy, the disciples thinking, Jesus is going to go away. We're going to have to be the ones who carry this ministry forward. How can we do it? Can we, can we measure up? Can we be good enough? Can we do all these things he's going to do, ask us to do? And you may be feeling that as well. You may be thinking, I can't do these things that God wants me to do. I'm not good enough. I keep falling. I keep failing. I keep arguing with other people. I, I keep messing up in sin or whatever it is. And Jesus says the same thing to you and I that he says to the disciples. If you will just remain in my love, just remain in me. I love you. As the Father loved me, I love you. I'm, I'm paying for your sins. Just rest. <laughs> just rest. He said a little bit later, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to bear fruit that would remain or abide. He says to you today, it's not your job to climb up and get into the branch and get into the vine and try and hold on and be a good Christian. I chose you. I've appointed you. I've put you in the, in the vine. Just remain in my love. Next time you take communion, when you drink the cup, don't just drink the cup and think, well, that's very nice. Think, I am receiving this amazing privilege of being a branch in a vine and God's life is going to flow through me. So I'm going to ask us to not just listen to these words today, but actually to make some decisions. So could we please stand up? Maybe the musicians could just play some music. So friend, I need to ask you a question. Please would you just focus on Jesus right now. Just focus on the Lord. I need to ask you, are you in the vine? Have you accepted this love offer that Jesus has made? He says, as the Father loved me, I love you. I want to put you in the vine. You don't have to do anything other than say yes. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to go to church a hundred times. You don't have to be good. You just have to say, yes, Lord, forgive me. Put me in. If you are here today and you say, I'm not sure I've done that, but I want to make sure, please just raise your hand right now and we'll pray today that you are in the vine. Just put your hand up high. And we'll pray a prayer with you right now. If there's anyone here today who says, I'm not sure I'm in the vine. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Right, let's pray this prayer, please. Those who've raised their hands and all of us, just say, thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving me, even in spite of my sin. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for your blood that washes me. Lord, I want to be in the vine today. I receive your invitation. I hear you knocking on the door. And I open the door of my life. I say, come in and eat with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for making me your child. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer today for the first time, the devil will whisper in your ear, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You don't deserve it. And you need to say back to him, that's true, I don't deserve it. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. Jesus put me in the vine today.
and I am so grateful. That's the first thing we need to ask. The second question, I need to ask you, if you've been a Christian for any time, have you put a blockage between you and the vine? Have you put a blockage which stops the flow of the life, the sap, the Holy Spirit, the peace, the joy, the love, the Word of God flowing? Have you said to God, no? When the Holy Spirit flows in you, when the life of God is flowing in you, when the, the Word of God says to you do something, you've said no and you put a block and you say, Lord, now I'm realizing why I'm struggling, why there's no fruit in my life, why I'm, there's no peace in my life. I feel like I'm striving and straining to make fruit. It's because there's a blockage. And today's the day for you to lift your hand in a few moments and say, Lord, I'm sorry that I said no. And I want to open up to you. I want to obey your word. I want to let that life, that, that power flow through me again. I'm sorry for saying no. Flood through me again, Lord. And give me your life and your peace. If that's you and you want to repent of that, just say, sorry, Lord. Lift your hand in a few moments. And what happens is he says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to completely wash them away. You can completely reopen that artery of life that flows between the vine and you again today. So if that's you, we're just going to lift our hands and we're going to pray a prayer. Just lift your hand. It's not for me, it's for the Lord to see. So in a moment we'll pray together when your hand is raised. Just say sorry, Lord. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the times that I thought I was cleverer than you. Lord, I'm sorry for the times where I doubted or questioned you or your word or your ways. I'm sorry for my pride. I'm sorry for caring more about what other people think than what you think, Lord. I'm sorry for disobeying the voice of your spirit or the voice of your word. Lord God, I want to flow with you. I want to abide in you. I want to worship you and, and allow your life to flood into me every day from now onwards. Allow your word to come in and change me. God, I open my heart to you today. If you just pray that prayer right now, just tie your heart around that, that prayer, God comes in right now. In fact, I can sense he's touching several of us right now. You, you'll feel it. Some of us are actually feeling it physically in our body. There's something changing right now. Come, Holy Spirit, open those arteries, those clogged arteries. Let your life flood into us again. And then the last, the last step is just for us to remain in Him, just to rest in Him, spend time in His Word, in His presence, loving Him, praising Him. Just allowing His presence to be all around us. Us in Him, us, loving His people, being with His people, allowing Him and His powerful life to flood into our lives. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or leadinglightsnetwork.com lighthousejersey.com